guys, welcome back to the Sexy Scary Book Club. I'm Lisa. And I'm Jess. And we're here to talk about book eight in the Fever series, Feverborn. For a second, I was like, what is it called? <laughs> <laughs> I know I always have to second guess. Um, yeah. We only have three books left. I'm so proud of us. <laughs> Yeah, I have a lot of mixed feelings because on one hand, I'm, you know, ready to put the series to bed. And on the other hand, I think part of me, part of me wanted to to do a reread because I'm trying to like put off reading the last book. Yeah, because then there are no more. It's yeah, but really I think done. it's time. Like I'm, oh, I'm ready. Is. I'm ready yeah. to, uh, you know. Let it, let it be. Let it go. Yeah, for <laughs> Still sure. one of my all-time favorite series. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, there's so much more out there now. I was thinking about that. When these books came out, there really wasn't that much, like, in the paranormal romance realm. They're kind of were, like, the lineup of, like, these popular authors. But, like, now with, like, self-publishing and Kindle Unlimited, like, there's so much out there to read. Um, yeah. Exciting. I Yeah, I think, I think we talked about that a little bit in the first episode that, you know, it used to be really challenging to find new books in this genre because, you know, they didn't have like a dedicated space for them in the bookstores. And you really just had to find out from other people that read the books suggestions for other things. Right. It's a whole new age. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's like a never ending supply of, of books, which is great. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways, so... So let's start start talking about the book. Um, so it starts with kind of it starts with kind of a weird new narrator, and I forgot who it was again. At first, I'm like, who's this dude that we're hearing from? Like, is it Ryden? Is it who else did I think it was? Like the Unseelie King? I didn't know. I don't even remember. It ends up being Papa Roach. Oh, it's but Papa I'm, I'm Roach. I'm not sure why they gave him that. I don't know why, why they the started opening? it with him. Yeah. Well, because they start a whole storyline with him and Cruz, um, which I thought was so weird. The whole like, it felt like I was watching a movie and it was like cutting to like the bad guy who was like making his evil plans and like you were getting like that like little peek into their like. I don't know, machinations or whatever. <laughs> like, it's, it didn't feel like the book normally feels. It was kind of strange. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, in the last book, they definitely started kind of sowing the seeds of that because you knew that Papa Roach had, like, a deal with Ryden and that yeah. he was obviously unhappy with how that was going. And so now you're sort of getting him kind of shopping around to see if it's more advantageous for him to to line up with, with somebody that might be able to do more for him. Right. He wants to be free. He's overriding. Thinks he's a pompous ass, which, you know, I'm like, you know, Chris is not going to be much better, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, Chris there, is unhinged. So at least, at least Ryden is, you know, logical and right. knows how to keep his emotions in check. Yeah, but Papa Roach is kind of a cool character. Like, I like how he, he just wants to have, like, a human form. Like, he's always trying to hold all these different roaches together to, like, mimic humans. Um, so it's interesting that, like, that's one of his motivations is to have a form, um, which is kind of cool. Yeah, but I he, mean... Go ahead. go ahead. 
Well, he opens the book, but he's really not in it that much. Like, yeah, that's why I thought it was it was an odd choice. Like, I'm not really sure that that opening like did anything right. for the the totality of of the book. Well, maybe he's a linchpin. Oh, because yeah. we like to talk about linchpins, and that was the one thing Ryden really didn't see that coming that Papa Roach could potentially be betraying him, which also seemed odd because Ryden's usually like pretty on top of that kind of stuff, but. And he's been threatening him with a knife. So, you know, obviously the guy doesn't necessarily want to be there. But Yeah, he must think that that is just the all-powerful tool to keep him in, in check. Who knows? Either that or maybe he does know and we just haven't gotten there yet. Truly, I don't remember. At this point, I might as well be reading them all for the first <laughs> time. <laughs> cool. I didn't remember this book at no, all. It's like, it's like every day is a new adventure because I totally don't remember the next yeah. book. I, I remember a couple of things that happened, but. No, yeah, I was the same way. But I do have to say, like, I actually really liked this book. I loved it. I thought that yeah. it was the most, like, hearkening back to the exactly. earlier books. You yeah, know, it's so like, action packed. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, it felt much more like classic fever. It did. It felt like Mac was back. Like she was herself again. And like, I don't know if that was on purpose because she becomes visible again in this book after being invisible and kind of feeling lost for the last couple books. But yeah, she seemed like herself and Danny had like a really like, like exciting momentum behind her character again. And yeah, exactly what you said. I felt like, I felt like I was reading Dark Fever. And this like wonderful, like fast paced world was being developed and like all the characters were really interesting and it really sucked me in. I was like, well, this is a pleasant surprise because I, you know, like I said, I don't really remember this book all that much. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely liked it more than I, I have liked the last few. And having that said, like I, I like all of them, you know, I right. certainly have some that are more favorite or less favorite than others, but um I never feel like burdened <laughs> to read it or anything like that. Um, so, so yeah. So after we get that weird Papa Roach Papa narration Roach. where we don't know that it's him at that point, um, then, you know, we're right back into the story kind of where we left off where Mac is still invisible and she's discovering that, you know, Dagus is still alive. And then, like, the other shoe kind of drops on that. Not only is he alive, but we find out that Ryden has, has turned him into one of the beasts. Yeah, so um, there's ten. Yeah, and so that's um, kind of a big part of this book. I mean, it's something that we keep going back to, at least, Um but, you know, it's 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 made pretty clear from the get-go that this is not something that Ryan was supposed to do. This mm -hmm. is against the rules, these rules that the Nine have. And then we also learn of the tribunal. The tribunal, yeah. Which is the first time, like, we've kind of gotten this idea that there's something that, like, governs the Nine. Which is really interesting. Like, I want more of that. I know! Me too! <laughs> Yeah, that's right up. We were talking last time about, you know, our, what we're hoping to see from the last book. And yeah. and I didn't say it fully at that time because it hadn't been revealed that Dagus had turned into to one of the beasts. But I want to know more about that. I want to know more about 
you know, what's going on with him and, and the, exactly the tribunal and how that all works. And yeah. So I will say this book made me nervous a lot of times because Mac talks a lot about maybe this is all in her head and like, she never defeated the Shisa do. And like, I started thinking about it even more. I'm like, Oh my gosh, what if it is? Like, <laughs> that would be terrible. Like what? Like, you could end the series that way. Um, and I would not like that. So I really hope she doesn't do that. But I didn't even all think about that. But yes, that would be awful. One of those, like, it was all a dream. Exactly. And the world really crumbled. Yeah. And it was just Mac, as the she said do, in her head. I don't know. I hope not. Ew, don't put that out there into the world. Uh, All right, fine. I take it back. (laughs) No, I mean, yeah, you're right. That's certainly, uh, that could be. Oh, we learn which Prince Cruz, or not Cruz, Christian is. He's death. He's death. So, like, the unseelie princes are, like, pestilence, war, is it famine? Famine. And death. Death. Those are the four. Mm -hmm. And so Christian kind of, has figured out that he's death because he's able to kind of sense that. Yeah. Oh, it was something to do with, they were trying to, so Raiden gave them fake remains, not fake remains, but not Degas's remains. And they were trying to do like the ritual, the Druid ritual to like put him back into the earth. Um, and like the earth rejected him because it, it wasn't a McElterd. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, he said something like he can, like, sense if, like, the death is true or I don't know. Well, and he was a- able to tell, like, who the guy was. He's like, oh, he was an Irishman and his oh, family right. had died when the walls came down. And he ended up killing himself shortly thereafter because he couldn't handle, you know, being alive. And so now we know, okay, well, Christian knows that that's not Dagus, but he's still can't feel that Degas is alive. Yeah. He just knows that that's not his body. And so obviously there's something, something going on because of why would riot and try to pass this, this body off as Degas and, and dress it in one of their clan's colors, their kilts. Yeah. So there's obviously some planning that went into that, but he doesn't understand kind of the bigger picture of what's going on. Um, yeah. So that's another sort of side story that's going on is Christian trying to figure out what the fuck's going on the mystery yeah (laughs) I do like how he's just kind of like stalking Chester's looking for riot and trying to figure out what's going on it was a good storyline um and I love that it ended up bringing kind of this truce together between riot and barons mac and Christian like there was like a lot of camaraderie in this book which is also why it felt good after the last two books, you know, I, that's why yeah. it kind of reminded me of previous books. I agree because, you know, certainly like there are points between each character where they're all a little bit at odds with one another. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, they've found these kind of common goals to to be able to put their differences Rally. aside to work together for, you know, whatever better good. And one of them is, you know, figuring out how to to help Dagus through this transition because we come to learn that much like Baron's son, who was never sort of able to become a, a fully formed person after it had happened, they do go through these periods where they're 
they don't know how to be a human being. Like they haven't contended with that beast side yet. And so they're all kind yeah. of all animal um, and have to be watched and kind of monitored all the time and kept imprisoned. Yeah. And so they do end up, you know, like midway through the book kind of enlisting Christian to, to help with babysitting so that they don't have to, because we also learn, I mean, we don't, I, maybe we do learn it earlier in the book and it's just confirmed later, but Baron and Riordan appear to be the only two members of the nine who know that Riordan did this. Yeah, it's because between the, them. Yeah, because there's that scene with Lauren and Mac at the very end where he's like, what the fuck is an unseelie prince doing in Chester? Yeah. <laughs> and, and she says, you know, like... I did you a favor, you did me one back, we're square, like, you leave this alone, you know, my, like you, my loyalties are to Riordan, so leave this yeah, alone. Yeah, which was, that uh, was a cool part of this series, too, maybe that's what I like, is um, Riordan finally starts to come around to Mac a little bit. Like, he's, eh, he's always really kind of hated her. Um, <laughs> and, like, there's a moment where he's like, oh, wow, all right, I can, I can see something more in her now, which I liked that, because, you know. I'm always getting the brother's Ryan. approval. <laughs> yeah. And I do. I love you see that more too, like the brother relationship between Barons and Ryden. So yeah, like I said, it's like more camaraderie. It feels good. Like it. <laughs> yeah. I know. I totally agree. I totally agree. And I love the scene that in the opening um, when the, the Garda like come for Mac and they're painting everything red and she's still invisible and she's trying to hide from them. And like, I don't know. It was just really like, it was action packed. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I that was the first part of this book where I was like, "Yes, we're back. We're back." You know, yeah. like this is this is what I want to read. Like the stakes are high, and it, that seems weird to say because the stakes have always been high in these books. It's like really always life or death, but they just didn't necessarily read that way over the last couple of books. Maybe because the story, the main storyline, seemed kind of pushed to the side a little bit to deal with these more kind of emotional character issues yeah and you still have that of course in this book but it definitely seems more action-packed and fast-paced I yeah. yeah I loved that scene too I loved everything about that scene from start to finish where she's in the bathroom trying to cut yeah. the bullets out and then she's visible again and then you know you get a great finally get a great consensual sex scene between her yeah. and and, <laughs> and barons where they're both you know present and in it and we're in the you know the moment yeah uh, so that that was good too you do you get more um sexy time between barons and mac in this book like I, it really feels like you pick back up like from book five <laughs> like you get back in it again i'm like oh okay here they are i was wondering where they were what was going on um so it's like I don't know. Maybe Mac was just depressed there for a while. I mean, I think she was. That's what I was mm -hmm. going to say. Like, it might not be as fun to read, but I also kind of think her character evolution is fair. Like, yeah. that's a pretty traumatic... That's a pretty traumatic thing to have gone through, like, all the way back from her sister's death, which, you know, she hadn't really been able to process that in a realistic way because she had all of this other crazy stuff coming at her so I right. think you know like they get to this point where they've kind of 
solved the big bad and now she's left to pick up the pieces of that and what does that look like and what is her life now and who is she now Mm -hmm. and how does she kind of come to terms with with that and the what life is going to look like now and you know so I think that's all it might not be as fun to read but it's more realistic than just kind of going back to business as usual or yeah I want business as usual (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it's yeah I agree it's it's definitely more entertaining to read for sure right and then also big thing in this book which I'm still not sure how I feel about Alina's back yeah I don't like that like we I think it's a little (laughs) bit of a cheat I think it kind of takes away from Max evolution somehow exactly but I mean I'm, I'm here for it like see where it goes but it, yeah it feels really strange that she's just like woken up suddenly and the last thing she remembers is being in the alley and she's like where's Derek I don't know what's going on and she's um, wearing the outfit that Mac, Mac buried her in but which we real like yeah so so Mac sees her randomly on the street and she's still invisible at that point and of course much like when barons came back she thought it was the book fucking with her she thinks the book's fucking with her and and she's certainly seen perfect replicas of her sister before uh, courtesy of of lane slash cruz um so she doesn't doesn't trust it for a minute and in fact she runs into into her because she thinks maybe she's like an illusion that nobody else can see but her. Mm. And she smacks into her and um, she just looks all confused. And so Mac doesn't know what's going on there. And then later she tells Barons, which I appreciate that. Like finally we're past the, oh, I'm going to yeah. keep everything. <laughs> keep everything a secret from him. Like, yes, finally, thank you. You're telling him so that he can help you. Great. Not that he's not going to complain about it because she makes him go fetch her, he, he kidnap her. That. I was like laughing. I'm like, okay, she's finally like going to him and trusting him. Like he's following her wave, but he does bitch about it all the time. <laughs> like everything is just like, well, of course I'm going to do it, but ugh, you just expect me to do everything. Blah, blah, blah. You know? Yeah. He's never happy. Nope. He wants to be wanted, but then he he feels resentful. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they, they kidnap her and they take her back to to Mac and Baron's sexy time lair where she was when she was Priya and Mac kind of interrogates her and doesn't come away from that satisfied. But Baron straight up tells her that it's it's human. It's yeah. just human. So you're going to have to come to terms with that. Like, I don't know what's going on, but it's not what you're trying to convince yourself of. Like, yeah, you need to, I I think he knows he might not know the how and the why, but he knows it's Alina because he kind of helps to take care of her a little bit because Mac's not quite there yet. You know, he gives her a a phone and he programs Mac's number (laughs) into her phone and programs Alina's number into Mac's phone and must give her her apartment back. Because later when Mac know. calls, she's in her apartment. And we already know Barons owns that building. So obviously he got her like set back up in the apartment. <laughs> so. I guess. There's a lot of phones in this series that I or in this book that I didn't I I didn't love. Like the Ryan and Danny story starts to kind of mimic 
Mac and Barons. I'm like, we don't need the same story again. Like, because like Ryden gives her a phone and tattoos <laughs> her. Yeah. Huh? And yeah. tattoos. Which I thought was, that cracked me up because you know how we were talking about how like, man, like when, when Barons had Mac tied up and like he was going to tattoo her, like I kind of wish he did tattoo her. That would have been a hot scene. And so then we get it with Barons and Danny, like, Bar- or not Barons and Danny. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Ryden and Danny. Like, Ryden is tattooing her, so you kind of get that scene. I'm like, was Karen Marie moaning, like, listening to her fans? She's like, oh, you guys want a tattoo scene? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe she's listening to herself. Maybe. And she she's knew like, how hot that would have been, but yeah. she's like, it's not right for where they're at in their relationship. <laughs> but it makes more sense in this scenario. It yeah. was pretty hot. It was a hot scene, and I, it was – the part that I really liked about it is you started to kind of see, like, well, Jada is – the vulnerable side of her is coming out more. Um, and like her and Ryden are kind of finding their way to each other in a way that feels like authentic. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, it's also, it's funny because usually I, when there's any sort of a love triangle situation going on, I'm very clear from the get go about who I want to mm-hmm. end up together but I, I really like Dancer. Oh, no, I and love Dancer, too. Yeah, like, I think that, of course, ultimately, I want her to end up with Riot, and I guess, but... You it, don't, though, do you? The, I don't know. It's not the same as, like, of course, you know, Twilight comes to mind again. And it, I always liked Jacob. I liked that character. But it was never, like, a question in my mind of, of who I wanted her to end up with. And yeah. I do think, like... You know, I don't know how this, I mean, I do know how it's going to resolve because I've read everything except the 11th book, but, you know, let's pretend that I had it. I have really, like, conflicting feelings about how dancers' characters should resolve then if I don't want them to end up together because I will feel bad for him. Yeah. I don't feel bad for him. I just think that, like, I think they're cute. I think that, like, Dancer is that first crush or that first love for a young girl. Sadly, Danny had to kind of skip that phase. And, like, she had to go straight into, like, adulthood all by herself. So, like, I feel like as a match ride and is a better match for her. But there is that part. Like, we still love Danny. You know, we still love that childish version of her. And I think for that version, like, Dancer is perfect. So I think that's why it doesn't feel like the love triangle. It's it's the perfect match for different sides or different times of Danny, Jada, Jada. Yeah, that's a good point to make. I mean, even if they were to end up together, um, she would outgrow him pretty quickly. Exactly. Or probably like many parts of her already have. Yeah. Um, but I did think that that was really cute how he's like got contacts now and <laughs> yeah. is kind of dressing a little bit more grown up and she's sort of scratching her head thinking oh did, did he kind of dress down to kind yeah. of match match where I was at which, which also is kind of gross because he's like you 19 and she's 14 so it's still yes we finally did get a definitive age on him and I was like oh yeah. I wish he could have just been 17 like I would have felt better about that but. yeah I mean I guess you know 
it's a post-apocalyptic world essentially so people aren't really worried about these kinds of things (laughs) yeah i mean you connect with who you connect with it's not whatever i'm not gonna excuse it (laughs) still more age appropriate than someone thousands of years older than her um but it's all hot so so yeah so uh, probably like we should mention there are a lot of things going on in this book. There's a lot of a lot of plot points, but I talked talking about camaraderie. Another thing that kind of brings all the players together are the black holes. Right. So there's these. Um, I mean, black holes. I don't really know what else to call them. They're Essentially, it's like the fabric of of the universe is like tearing itself asunder, and there's much like the interdimensional fairy potholes. We've got now these black voids of nothing that are sucking matter into it and growing. Um, and if you get kind of close to it, then you'll be pulled in and and everything that, that feeds into it is making the holes bigger. And so yeah. that's what's ultimately going to end the world and and what the Seelie Queen wants the Unseelie King to fix and what he can't yeah and she's holding out on him she's not telling him that at one point she tied fairy to earth and so if the earth dies so does fairy so everybody's invested in this whether they know it or not and do we know or do we just suspect that the key to solving this problem is going to be in this the song of making that's I think just an idea that, that like, yeah, yeah, the song idea will fix everything, right? And I don't know why they think that that's going to be in the book though, because they just think like a version of it might be, yeah. Because the Unseelie King didn't know it. That was kind of the whole point. They go. They explain this at some point, but I don't remember because that's back. Yeah, <laughs> we're moving forward. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, there's this whole part with Mac and Barons and Riordan where they're like trying to get her to, to confront the book inside of her to right. to read it. And she to, can't like, find it, anymore. it. Yeah, she can't find it. She doesn't hear the book, she can't find the book. Ever since she stopped she being invisible, right? Or ever since she became invisible. Like it yelled at her all the way home. Yeah. And then she exactly. hasn't heard it since. Yep. So, yeah, so it's sort of like a part of it is, you know, we still have Max emotional struggle going on. Um, you know, it wouldn't be fully Mac if she wasn't moping <laughs> about something. Mopey Mac. <laughs> but yeah, so she's trying to kind of figure out, well, did I absorb the book? Like, did I win? Is it just is this it and I'm I'm not going to have to hear about it anymore or is it like waiting to try to trick me? I don't trust right. it. Yeah. And she talks a lot about that, like not trusting it. Like it might be waiting to trick her. And that kind of ties into what I was saying. How She's like, maybe she never defeated the book at all and it's still messing with her now. And you know, nothing is real. Um, but yeah. But as far as we, as the readers can tell, the book's quiet and Max going on, her way as usual and then we do learn more about the zoos too that the zoos are connected to the sweeper yeah who we kind of briefly we didn't even meet the sweeper in the last book we just 
the sweeper was referenced. Yeah. The dreamy guy said, like, watch out for the sweeper. Right. Um, so yeah, so we, we meet the sweeper and it's like, this is part, this is sort of a weird part for me up until like the ending of the book too. Cause I feel like it, it's sort of transitioning out of the genre a little bit. And it's like, well, now we're, now we're getting kind of like sci-fi, sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. stuff's going on, um, which is different. Like, I don't hate it. It's just it was a little jarring, I guess. Cause we already yeah. know the sweeper is like in the same category as a Papa Roach and the hunter and that they're not fairy. They're not seely or unseely. They're kind of these entities that existed before fairy. Um, but yeah, so the sweeper like fixes things, I guess. Yeah. Right. He's yeah. He, and he like decides like he studies them and determines if they're fixable or not. And so he's been studying Mac. Like the zoos are his scouts. Which Why is, weren't yeah, they ever bothering too. Danny then or Jada? Because she had the cuff on. Oh, right. That's right. Yeah. Once she doesn't have the cuff, then they're on to her. I see. Yeah. Yeah. So they left Mac alone for a little while in this book. And she didn't yeah. make the connection. It was because of the cuff. She just thought it was because she was invisible. And then yeah, they just lost interest or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah so. Well, she thought that they, they decided she wasn't fixable. And she's like, fine. Guess I'm not fixable. See ya. Right. And then, yeah. So Danny had given her the cuff when, when or Jada uh, had given her the cuff when she took the spear at the yeah. end of the last book. And even though she gets her spear back in this book, she um, lets her keep the cuff. So... Right. Zoos are, you know, leaving her alone for, for a lot of the book. Yeah. Um, there yeah. are some beautiful moments um, with Jada. So now I feel like I need to call her Jada because she speaks to that a little bit. How, like, she came back and everyone's just like, Danny, come back. Where's Danny? And she's like, I struggled for five years. I came back. This is how I did it. And all y'all just want to talk about Danny. Like, I am her. I'm Jada. Like, I'm cool. Get to know me. Like, why aren't you happy that I'm here? Um, and that was like a side of Jada who's like so like, you know, not emotional, kind of showing that there was this like vulnerable core to Jada that I really, I really liked. And I was like, oh, my God, you're right. Like, we were all just even as readers, we're like, where's Danny? We like Danny. You know, we've been listening to Danny. And it's like, no, there's this really amazing character right here. And just because, you know, it's not the name you want or the age that you want. Like you're like dismissing her and like, I don't know. I thought that was really beautiful. Yeah. And I thought well, it was really cool. Dancer did like dancer mm -hmm. was the first one that was like, hi Jada. Nice to have you back. Like, Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think it, it, it goes into what I was saying in the last book about like, Oh, it was a missed opportunity. Like I would have liked to have followed Danny through Faye a little bit. Um, but you know, we didn't and neither did these other characters. And I mm -hmm. think the point, you know, the point is, they all feel like they lost these years or that Danny lost these years. And she says, well, I didn't lose them. I lived them. Like I lived there. all of that time. And like, this yeah. is how I came out the other side of it. Um, so yeah, I think I agree. And I, I liked that part where a dancer has to be the one that's like laying it down for the rest of them, like dummies, yeah. you know, just try accepting her for who she is now. And, 
I like that part where Max says, from the mouths of babes. I'm like, <laughs> okay, you're like five years older than him, Max. So <laughs> there's like a more of an age difference between my husband and I. <laughs> from the mouths of babes. <laughs> yeah, whatever, Mac. <laughs> yeah, that cracked me up. Yeah, And then I, I agree, too, about the kind of correlation between Danny and or Jada and Ryan and, and then Mac and Barons. And another, like, place that I noticed that is the whole, both, both Jada and Mac were pissed off at Ryan and, and Barons because they learned from them. They yeah. learned the, like, ways to adapt and what to use in order to survive. Jada by turning off the emotional side so that she could, you know, fight her way out of Faye and Mac when Barons had, you know, died in air quotes and and she kind of went dark and and aligned herself with Derek. Um, So, you know, you'd think they'd be kind of proud of them for, (laughs) you know, making it work. And instead they are pissed. And they condemn them for the ways that they kind of have chosen to adapt. Um, so I thought that was sort of an interesting parallel as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think for for all the good that you can say about Barons and Ryan, and and there's a lot, and I like, you know, I obviously like both of their characters, um, and they're both quite capable. But God, they're like really bullheaded too. Oh yeah. I mean, when you've been around for that long, and for the most part, you're always right. That's just kind of going to grow this belief in yourself that you're always right. So, I mean, how would you not be bullheaded at that point? I suppose, yeah. I suppose yeah. that's true. But I do think you see, like, apparently I just love it when characters show vulnerability. Um, but you see that more in Ryden too. Like, he really starts, like, putting these hints out there about how much Danny meant to him and still means to him. And, like... You know, there's a scene where she's just like, why would you even do that? What's the point? And he's just like, well, I wanted to. And she's like, what did you want? And like, he wanted her. Like, he he has great love for Danny. He just doesn't yeah. say it. Well, no, I mean, he right. did say it. I I really liked that scene when he's, yeah. he says, like, I didn't like Danny. And Jada's like, oh, yeah, see, I told you. Like, And he said, I loved Danny. I love, I, I like, know. Oh. Ah, he I know. loved her. Yeah. Was... But now he's going to love Jada because... Jada's actually age appropriate, so. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I like Jada a lot more. I liked Danny, but yeah, I, I like the character of Jada. I like what Karen Marie Moaning has done there. Um, honestly, if you like Danny, you should like Jada because Jada is Danny, and you see it more in this book. Like it's Danny in five years. Like it's Danny that's gone through some shit, which we always knew Danny was going to go through some shit. She went through tons of shit before she became Jada. Um, so yeah, I think there's there's so much likable in her because it's mm-hmm. still Danny. Yeah, I agree. Um, oh, and <laughs> so also I wrote down she does have the sword stinker. Oh, she does. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so we learned, you know, that was all kind of a planned ruse from the get go for Jada to get the spear away from Mac because Mac can't use it. And so it right. just doesn't make any sense for her to have it when the other she seers can be using it and they can have two weapons to kill. Yeah. The fae. She wasn't wrong, but no, you know, she wasn't, but it's Mac still... needs her spear. <laughs> yeah. It's hers. I mean, it's like, it's just like bro code or whatever, you know, 
like right. from the beginning, they've been very kind of united on the spear belongs to Mac and the sword belongs to Danny or Jada. And like, yeah. you don't fuck with that. It doesn't matter what seems logical to everybody else. Those right. are their weapons. So it was kind of, it felt like hitting below the belt a little bit for her to yeah. manipulate but it away. She does ultimately give the spear back to Mac after some tumbling with Ryden and Barons. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's yeah, a lot that of that too. Where they're in the room and then all of a sudden the three of them are gone. There's a lot of like developing Jada as being, you know, she's still not quite as fast as Ryden, but she's functioning a lot like the nine do. And she's kind of on the same level with them. And I liked that. I liked kind of seeing this like, female version of a nine. Yeah. Well, and I mean, let's get to the other kind of fun. I mean, I thought it was fun because I love this character, but one of the, the reason that she's able to, well, she used to call it freeze frame, but now she calls it the slipstream. Slipstream. Oh, um, yeah. Because she did, she wasn't alone in fairy. She made a friend, uh, a, well, we don't know what he is yet. Cause I actually we, have a description of him. Yeah. Let's, so I cut it off, but let's just start with <laughs> encountered a furry creature that could best be described as a cross between a feral lynx and a chubby koala bear. Cute. with I a know. feline face, a shaggy silver smoke pelt, and a fat white belly. Its paws were enormous with thick, sharp black claws. Its ears were tall and perky and great silver tufts curled out of them. And that is our friend Shazam. <laughs> yeah. And the, yeah, That's it's just cute. this crazy um, manic, depressive cat. Kind of like... This reminded me of like a cross between Heathcliff and Garfield. Garfield. <laughs> No, okay, so I read Garfield to my son every night. I'm like, this is like a tweaked out Garfield. <laughs> well, I just saw on something, some Karen Marie moaning thing, where the character is actually based off of one of her Maine Coon cats. Her Maine Coon cats, had. yeah. So that makes sense. But yeah, yeah totally. I mean, love it. I love everything. I mean, the whole, you know, when they go to bed at night, the I see you, yee yee. I used to say yeah. that to my dog all the time. Aww. Um, so it made me sad. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's super cute. Um, so, you know, we, that's sort of another discovery that we have through the book is we think that Danny has brought Shazam back with her and, and is keeping him, him at the Abbey. And she goes back to these kind of moments of respite and they have these interactions together. Um, but, you know, we learn at the end of the book that it's not quite the reality which of was the situation. so heartbreaking sad. yeah that it one so actually rough. made me cry that part yeah and it, you know it was hard too because like they at one point they say something like riordan looks haunted like, riordan never looks anything riordan is crystal clear calm collected nothing gets to him and like the fact that danny was risking her life for the stuffed animal because it it was just this like proof that she went through so much in those five years that she had to hang on to this character basically to keep herself together. Um, yeah. And yeah, and Raiden was just completely thrown off by it. Yeah, because it it's like bad. for it, it was finally like a problem that he had no idea how to solve. Yeah, and that's a very unfamiliar place for him to be. Um, yeah you know, oh, she's shut, completely shut off this emotion, the whole emotional side of herself. No problem. 
we can get that back. <laughs> but the fact that she is like hallucinating this character that she's willing to risk her life for when she's not willing to risk her life for anything. Yeah. Uh, that's a little, ee. like, uh, I don't really know how to, how to contend with that. Well, that and he like, he broke her by when he like tore the stuffed animal in half and was like, because I think in her mind, she probably thought he just killed Shazam, you know? And like, I think he's carrying that too. Like, holy shit, I just broke Danny. Made it worse. Yeah. I yeah, was like trying the- to show her. I mean, exactly yeah. like textbook, what you don't want to do if somebody is having a hallucination <laughs> is to tell them that it's a hallucination. Right? Any like mental health book will tell you that. Um <laughs> But yeah, so, so, you know, we then, by the end of the book, we realize that, you know, Shazam is real, or at least, you know, I don't know that Mac is fully buying into that, but it seems more plausible that Shazam is a real creature that she had to leave behind for whatever reason. I don't think they know that. I think the only reason why Max starts to think that maybe it's a possibility is because Danny makes her promise, like if anything happens to her, that Mac will go find Shazam. But I still felt like Mac was kind of like, Shazam's not real, but okay, Danny, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I felt like she was kind of starting to come around to the idea of that being a possibility at the very end. But you're right, like up until that moment, she's like, okay, like, obviously, you've you've just created this to kind of help you get through your trauma. Like Mac kind of is able to to understand how that would happen. Absolutely. Um, You know, we talked a little bit at the very beginning about this new alliance that, um, Papa Roach and Cruz have formed where he's decided that he's now going to start to be the eyes and ears for Cruz, but he's also going to be telling Riot and everything as well to kind of not get his suspicion up. But in the, in the meantime, on the side, uh, Cruz has, has had him plant all of these. I can't remember what they call it, but again, it like reminded me very much of uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> that, you know, whatever they called it there. I don't oh, remember. Oh, that was a good episode. Oh, it was and, a great like, episode. Everything yeah. started blowing up and yeah. then like the youngest son like jumped. That was mm-hmm. good. Yeah. But this is kind of the same way. He has them plant these fave fire things just in the abbey at different points in the abbey and s- sort of the way that that it ignites is with this other phase blood which was talk. really weird like they just like randomly were like find this guy what'd you say it was top talk, or something? i think talk. yeah T-O-C. and like and we never hear anything else really about no. it it's, it's just, like oh he'll 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 help us he knows dude, all about know. me <laughs> That's why I said, like, the, all those scenes to me were so strange. They felt so disjointed with the rest of the book. I'm like, what? What? We're in, like, Cruz's dark lair, and they're making plans, and there's a random man. Like, Well, and just... he can move around a little bit more now, right? Like, we get yeah. a little bit more information about Danny did, or Jada did something. When We still don't know how she got the cuff off of him. But obviously, she did something that kind of destabilized his prison a yeah. little bit more because now it doesn't seem like he's iced he's no, just, he's just stuck like lounging around in this yeah basement. he's just stuck in there they were able to shut the door but now he's like just did they shut around. the door though i thought that like thought that Danny was a mystery did. they didn't know who shut the door suddenly the door was just shut okay maybe i thought that there was something in there with jada about how she got it shut i don't know 
but maybe she like was just there when it shut and she thought that she did it, but she couldn't figure out what she did. I don't know. Um, <laughs> She's like, oh, that's what I wanted. What, is, <laughs> what does she always say? I hate it. And Baron says it once too. It doesn't signify. Oh, I hate that. Like <laughs> she like, look, and like Mac will be like, but don't you feel this way? It doesn't signify. Like it just means like it's not part of the purpose. And so it doesn't matter. It doesn't register. That's what yeah. I always think of it as. Like, but I don't like register it. register with me. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's very like robotic. It like, doesn't signify. Can't signify. <laughs> that <laughs> actually reminds me that this is another thing that drives me crazy. And we've never talked about it because I keep forgetting to bring it up. But so Ryden is now asking questions that sound like questions. He's making the question mark lift at the end. And in all the books before, like Danny always talks about how he hates how he asks questions without the question sound. And like, I've tried so many times to try to say a question without making it sound like a question. And I can't do it. Can you do it? What are you asking? Like, nope, say, what yeah, is it's cat? hard. I was just doing it. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you're right. Where, your voice just goes Where out. is, like, I can't do it. Where is the cat? Yeah, no, it just sounds really weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah. apparently that was just him prodding her and bugging mm-hmm. her because apparently he liked bugging her. Well, no, I mean, he needed to, right? Keep her on track. Because everything was a distraction to keep yeah. her from getting into, like, extra mischief that she didn't need to be getting into, essentially. Like, yeah. if he could busy her mind with all these things that he was doing that were annoying, that that's what she was going to be focusing on. Exactly. Just so manipulative, but smart. He annoyed her nonstop so that she'd be focused on that yeah. instead of all the other, like, mischief that she could get into. But now he can ask her proper questions and put his, the moves on her. So <laughs> all is well. I mean, hey, he didn't put any moves on her in this book. No. Yeah, I don't I don't know why. He, I mean, he's obviously been very patient, so he can continue I mean, yeah, what's, what's 20 years when you're thousands of years old? It's like a drop in the bucket, right? Yeah. Who knows? But... Yeah. Also, I mean, you know, we'll get more of that later. We will. You know, I think, and I mean, I think, like, we can logically kind of get there a little bit now because he's, he, he, in some of those moments that you were talking about, those kind of beautiful moments where all of these characters are kind of trying to come to terms with the, the loss that they feel since Danny, they didn't get to witness Danny aging out of these things, even though she yeah. did. They just weren't there to witness it. He, you know, one thing that she didn't get to have was a, you know, a coming of age in a, in a romantic way, at least not that anybody knows about. And so I think, you know, part of it is that he, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to feel like he's taken anything from her. You know, he wants, he wants to, he wants to end up with her, we think, but he doesn't want to. He does, he loves her. Yeah, but he doesn't want to her to miss out on any of the life experiences that he feels like she should have. Yeah. Um, oh, that's another thing that I freaked me out or not freaked me out, but I didn't even think about that. They brought up was they thought, Oh, she had a kid and that's oh. what Shazam was at the end. And they're yeah, like, Oh, Ryan holy shit. Is there that. a fucking baby in there? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That would have been, yeah, because she ran into this building that was, like, alight with Fae fire, which is not, like, normal fire. Like, it's really hard to put the stuff out um, and totally risking her life. Of course, Raiden follows her right in because he's always going to protect 
Danny. That's just him. Yeah. Um, so like, essentially yeah. he's like freeze framing around, around her, her to create like a barrier from the flame so that she can kind of get in there and get what she's after. Which she thinks might be a baby. Yeah. I'm glad it wasn't. Oof. That would have been tough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have liked silly, that weird development. <laughs> well, it wasn't anything. It was a stuffed, stuffed animal. And a bunch that of was rotted a, fish. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird thing, too. He's like, and there was lots of fish. I'm like, really? You're in, like, wouldn't the fish have been, like, long gone? Like, wouldn't they burn immediately? Like, you wouldn't still smell like fish. I don't know. When you it cook fish fire. in your house, <laughs> it smells. I so guess. I guess it's the same thing. But, um yeah, I like, I like that, too, at the very end, how Jada was like, I knew the fish was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Which is weird, because, that like, she must have had some type of awareness that it wasn't actually Shazam. Yeah, she I mean, said she that. says because that she said, I knew the fish she was a bad was idea. Pretending. She yeah. knew she was pretending. It was just a way for her to kind of help her fall asleep at night while she figured out what to do. Which I'm not falling asleep soundly if I'm surrounded by dead fish. No. I thought, yeah, that didn't, like, that part didn't necessarily track with Jada's personality as much. It doesn't Um, signify. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah, and then that scene, too, like, Raiden totally, like, risks, I mean, he doesn't really die, but he puts himself in a lot of pain. Well, in fact, he could die. He could die and it'd be easier. That, but he won't leave her while she's, you know, after right. after they um, leave the Abbey and they go back to the bookstore and that's where they're kind of convalescing and Jada has been unconscious or so people think. She hasn't been conscious and, and uh, interacting with anyone um, and he's not going to leave to to go to die and have to come back which is dumb because they put him on some kind of healing spell and he's unconscious unconscious anyway so it's like he's not like he can actually help her yeah but i mean i think the other part of that is even though jada knows they come back like maybe it was just a way to to kind of like keep the secret a little bit better of what the nine are. Oh, like it would so she it doesn't be know. like more in the know about what's going on instead of just having suspicions about it. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I agree. I think it, it made more sense since she was unconscious anyways. Like he probably would have died and been able to come back before she woke up. Yeah. But whatever. I think maybe um, he just wanted to make sure that he was a constant for her. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, there's a lot of talk about like she spent so much time in the silvers like waiting for Raiden because he'd always been her constant and he always protected her so she just kept waiting for him to show up until he didn't show up she realized she had to like do it herself um and so she brings that up a lot so I think he's probably like not gonna let that know happen always again. be there yeah, yeah. Well, which not- is why you know he wanted to tattoo her and he wanted yeah. to have because there's a the phone. phone yeah so we learned the phones that always magically work and the tattoos are linked and so, like, like Mac had, if you're dying, Danny now has, I don't know, if you're in serious I don't know. Shit why did the, uh, yeah, why did the acronyms have to be different? Because or it's Ryan and Danny. I guess. Seemed dumb. They yeah. were perfectly fine. I can't remember them. It was like, I, if you're in shit or something. More <laughs> shit. Wasn't it shit? Like, if seriously, <laughs> serious shit. Is the I don't know what I to tell you about Ryan and Jess. He loves shit. 
Oh my god, Ryden. He just talks about it all the time. He obviously (laughs) has some sort of weird kink. (laughs) That's really going to be a deal breaker for me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yeah, so they're linked. And so uh, back to Mac and Barons. Like, Barons hasn't been able to, like, re-tattoo her or something. Like, her tattoo doesn't work. Max? Yeah. Yeah. He makes he brings that up earlier in the book, and you're like, oh, foreshadowing. Like, how's right, this nothing, gonna come back? Oh, it something won't might work come, until no, he does. Well, yeah, because we realize that she he's not gonna be able to help her in the situation that they find themselves in at the end of the book because he wasn't able to finish the tattoo. So he can't. Yeah, but find they, her. I mean, it mostly was because they couldn't reach their phones. Yeah. Because there's a point where Danny says, can you reach your phone? And she's like, no, I can't move. And like Danny, Danny has the phone from Ryden now and she can't reach it either. I don't know. But like, shouldn't they be able to sense where they are because of the tattoo without the phone? You would think so. I mean, Ryden's supposed to always know where she is because he tasted her blood. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he's but, you know, kind of out of commission. Things were getting like serious. Anyway. They didn't have a lot of time. They had to figure out what was going on because the sweeper guy got both of them and decided that they both needed to be fixed, which is when we go into like weird sci-fi land again. This is like yeah, you get this like beautiful moment. Yeah, Danny <laughs> and Mac are finally like they're connecting again. Like they've acknowledged that they're like sisters to each other and that they love each other and, you know, you get that bonding, right? And so then you ultimately get it because Mac takes off and Danny ends up following her because she sees that Mac's in trouble. And then they both get grabbed by the zoos and they end up with a sweeper and he wants to fix Mac's brain and fix Danny's heart, which was, that was kind of sad. Yeah. But, and then there they are. Yeah, it was really weird. It was like Saw or Hostel yeah. or yeah. some kind of weird horror movie. It where was like creepy. Tied up. Like and or like, was that weird? I never wanted to watch it because I'm still completely weirded out by the concept. But that caterpillar movie or whatever, like the German scientist. Oh, yeah, like, the centipede one. Centipede. The human centipede. I never watched it either. I it's can't kind of like two that. girls in a cup. I just, there's some things that you just can't unsee. <laughs> that just, wasn't a movie. That was like a. Well, I'm just saying like as an experience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I don't want to experience it. I'd no. rather just not know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never seen it either. So yeah. I guess I'm on the same page. I got the synopsis. I don't if that's enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so there they are on these like operation tables and they got to get out of there, right? Yeah, and they can't sit up. Their like heads are strapped down so they can they can't even see each other. Because they can barely look to the left or right either. Yeah, um, that's right. Mac didn't even know Danny was there. But Danny, because of her mega hearing, could like hear. She said you were sighing. I'm like, of course she was. <laughs> Mac is sighing as usual. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. What am I gonna... Yeah, her, her internal monologue maybe isn't so internal <laughs> after all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one thing, though, before we like go go straight to the end we should back up a little bit so like Cruz's ultimate goal is like obviously he wants to be freed but we learn another kind of key thing in that neither the Sealy or the unseely have a leader right now 
Yeah. And so they kind of, I guess, I guess Papa Roach helps spread the message. Oh, that they that's yeah, Danny Daly's. Yeah, but we who, totally forgot we about those. Don't know who We Care is. Yeah, yeah, We, we Care sold sold them down the river with. Yeah, they were like saying Daly. stuff, and that was part of like why the camaraderie happened because like they were calling out like the nine, like they were mm-hmm. saying stuff that people weren't supposed to know, and like they were saying like Mac was possessed by the book, and then they, at one true. point they said <laughs> Danny was too, or. Yeah, but then she no, she's the one that sold the nine out. The, like oh, the, that's day, right. the first, the we care one was saying both Jada and Mac were possessed by the she Sadu. And so that they had to like capture them immediately. And that's why well, that's part of the reason why the Garda had attacked the store, the bookstore. Um, but they knew that Danny had or not Danny, they knew that Mac had killed that one guy. The one guy. Yeah. And so they were also trying to take revenge and then inspector jane comes in and he's like what the fuck are you doing like yeah, you can't inspector believe everything jane. you read get out of here <laughs> um which is good that he did because Dan- uh i don't know why i keep calling mac danny mac was kind of fucked of otherwise like she was probably gonna get discovered but immediately i'm like okay here's one point plot point that i take issue with in this book so toward the beginning of the book Mac makes a big point in saying, oh, I don't sleep in our underground apartment, whatever it is, when Barron's isn't here. Because, you know, he dies at the end of the last book and she makes a big point of being like, oh, I'm sleeping in my bedroom at the bookstore because I don't go to our spot when he's not here. But yeah. then, And so when the Garda attacks, I'm thinking, well, why didn't you just go to the fucking underground apartment? Apparently she can't do that anymore yeah. because she can't access her lake. So she can't get through all the booby traps that he's Yeah. But set. I'm like, what? it's just weird that she makes a point of just saying, like, she doesn't go there when Barons isn't there just because she doesn't like to in the beginning of the book. And then all of a sudden it's because, no, she actually can't yeah. get there without him. Well, Mac does that, though. She likes to not tell you everything. And then later That's on true. she's like... By the way, I've been thinking about this for days and days. Like, the whole, like, maybe this isn't all, isn't real. Like, she's like, I've been holding on to this for a while. This is my great fear. But I'm just going to tell you about it now. Because I didn't feel like telling you about it before. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Anyway. That was just a sidetrack of something. I was like, wait a minute. But we're also forgetting something, too, that I think is a big deal in this book that's introduced. Which I don't completely understand. Apparently, when she was in the White Mansion... She pilfered, like, a music box. Mm, yep, yeah. And this music box has shown up again. It was in her backpack. And yeah, she'd forgotten that she took it. So, and she's just assuming that this music box is the song of making? Well, I don't think she's assuming that. She's just thinking that it's a possibility. Because she Cause even says, like, that's, like, an easy... That seems like too easy of a solution, but what if it is? Why I'm does like, she think it's so special, though? Like, I don't understand... Yeah, I don't know the, the answer. The big jump to that. she's making that this yeah. is going to somehow solve their problems. Yeah, but she doesn't mm-hmm. trust herself with it because, you know, she's got the book inside of her and she doesn't want the book to kind of catch wind that this might be a solution to the problem. And so she, she does, she is going to tell Barons and then she tells Barons later, oh, like we got to go back to the bookstore. I have to give you something. But then we never get the scene where she does. So I don't know if that happened. She was I think she tell him, him where it was it hiding. Somewhere. She did, yeah. And then she was worried because if he ever goes in there, he's going to see all her journals and he's going to judge her. 
she's like, got better total back to form do this like, time than read this, your journals, Miss Lane. <laughs> right? Doesn't signify. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would. He'd probably like pour a glass of scotch and be like, oh, for fuck's sake, woman. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so we're back. We're back at the warehouse where they've been kidnapped and the sweeper's about to operate on them, I guess, to fix them. Yeah. And Mac is like, feels Jada kind of starting to to come back a little bit. She's seeing more Danny, more emotion come out of her. And she, you know, they've, they've made their apologies and they've, they're starting to find their way back to each other and their relationship that they had. Um, and Mac just has this realization of like, I have to take care of you. Like, I'm not going to let the same thing right happen again. Like, I'm not going to let anything bad happen to you. Like, I should have <laughs> followed you through the silver and I didn't. And I can fix this now. Yeah. And she also like, she starts toying with the idea that all magic has a good side and a bad side. And so even though she has this evil book in her, maybe... There's also going to be good in there because that's just the way it is. And yeah. so she's just going to cling on to the good. And that's kind of what like gives her like the confidence to like d- dive in and go for the book, which is problematic. <laughs> it is problematic. Yeah. Because I feel like, uh, I don't know. I feel, I don't know why she would have, wouldn't have gotten there previously. Exactly. Like, I'm not sure why that moment. I mean, I guess, like, you know, if you feel, if you truly feel like you don't have any other choices, then what do you do? You just maybe, like, fucking cross your fingers and hope for the best, which is essentially what she does. And she's going to read the book. She's going to look for a spell that's going to help them out of this mess. And I I mean, they don't specifically say what it was, but I gather it was a, a spell of the unmaking or whatever the song of the well, unmaking. it was it was a spell that made it all the the zoos and the sweeper go away basically it must not have been the song of unmaking because they're not fey so that wouldn't no. have worked on them so yeah we don't know what it was but regardless yeah they disappear and she's like oh phew here we go yeah she's like oh why did i wait so long yeah i did this i'm good of course this would be a good thing yeah, and then she gets the Sunny and Cher song starts playing in her right, head. Which I loved. Yeah, I have, like, I yeah I've song. had that stuck in my head now. Oh, you do? I love it. I'm a big Sunny and Cher fan. No, she said that. I don't hate oh, that song. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, and then all of a sudden she realizes that, oh shit. Like one of her other scenarios that she was thinking before, it was like one of three scenarios either the book's tricking her. She's mastered the book. Well, the book tricked her. It says, got you, sweet thing. The sins, or she saw do purred. It's like, yeah, gotcha, bitch. The end. Yeah. And she has enough left in her to tell Danny to run, which it was the promise that she made Danny make to her. That she, she promised she would go save Shazam. And Danny Jada had to promise that if something went south, that she'd save herself and leave Mac behind. Yeah. So what's going to happen? I don't know. And yeah, and the first thing I thought of was Ryden when he's like, 
you have to be aware of like good or evil that believes it's good. And I'm like, here we yep. are. Yeah. That's what she did. And now we're screwed. <laughs> yeah. That was definitely the foreshadowing for sure. Yeah. And I did see that so much more in this book, speaking back how like this kind of like went back to like earlier fever books, there was that foreshadowing again. And there was the like, oh, she's telling me something here again, instead of feeling so like, kind of just was like rambling. Like it seemed yeah, like, there was like the, it made sense. You could tell yeah. that there was like a trajectory as opposed to things just sort of happening like independent from one yeah. another, which is the way the last couple of books felt. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's more like it's back on a, on the track of building toward something again. Yeah. And like, what a great ending. Like, the Shisadu is there. And it's like, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm like, I totally don't remember what happens in the next book. But I mean, obviously, we've got Cruz now who's who knew the fires weren't going to free him, but it was like step one of his plan. Shaking things up and yeah, like uniting all the Fae. Ultimately be free to lead both the Seely and the Unseely because now they're both kind of working together to take over the human. I don't know. Like, I don't know why they're fucking around with the Abbey. Well, because they want to free him, I guess. Yeah, they want to free him, I think. And so. I don't know. But he like straight up said, like, I'm not getting out tonight. I know this. We're just going to mess stuff up a little bit. So yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Fucking Cruz. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, Raiden and Baron's kind of fucked stuff up because they just started killing everybody. So now like, Cruz is more able to unite the Fae because they don't have a leader. Yeah, I mean, that was a pretty cool scene. So we got, you know, Mac and Barons like, riding to the Abbey on the back of a hunter, and then oh, Barons is, like, changing into the beast, and the hunter's like, fuck you, no, me. you're dropping and changing. You're not changing and dropping, and he just flings Barons off of him. Yeah. And that really pisses the hunter off to be like, no more rides for you either. Yeah. <laughs> Mac, no. you're out of here. Right? I love the hunters so much. Yeah, like, they're great. They're yeah, great. Yeah, they just kind of give Max shit. And it's like, yeah, they're just like, they eh, like you're her. fun. Like, we like you. That's why we give you a ride. You're yeah, fun. you remind us of our old friends. So, yeah. yeah. We'll let you fly around. No more, but, though, I guess. Yeah. And then there was that scene, like, like Baron thinks that he's controlling them with his, like, runes. And that guy's like, this itches. Wipe it off. <laughs> she's just like, she's like, no, it's controlling you. And like, no, it's not. That's cute that you think that. It's just tickling me and it's bugging me. So take it off right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love the hunters. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I hope we get more of them too. Me too. I hope they somehow play out in like the grand scheme. Yeah. I am starting to get nervous. Like the more, like I said, I was reading this book and how she's like, it's all in my head. And now, you know, like something is wrong with her brain. Like, cause the sweeper wanted to fix her brain. I'm like, what if like the ending is just like Max got to like admit that she's that she said do and just she's gone. She got to sacrifice herself or something. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we're definitely going to lose some important characters in the last book. I don't know. I, I don't know. I have did a bad feeling. What? No, nobody did. Nobody hinted that. But it was like something that Karen Marie Mo Moaning had posted about it. About oh. the book. It just had kind of a... I don't Mac, know. Mac is dying. I hope not. They've done that before. There was some other series where they killed off the main character and it was like, whoa. Didn't see I that just, one. Coming. I mean, I, look, I guess, I guess I'm not saying that I don't think that there might be a 
satisfying way to do that. But it much like Game of Thrones, <laughs> I don't want, I hate to keep bringing it up, but it feels like poor storytelling when for multiple books or multiple seasons or, you know, I mean, it was a book, of course, before you are told to root for this character only at the end to be like, just kidding, we're shitting on that character. Yeah. I don't know. It just then it seems kind of not worthwhile to yeah. me. Like, why did you spend so much time making me root for that character and, and pointing out all of the good things about that character and how they were going to overcome this the thing inside of themselves? I mean, there are a lot of parallels here to, to Daenerys and, and Mac, um, only to at the end be like, no. She's just yeah. bad. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that, that's, I guess that's not how the, the book necessarily will go. Because the right. book's not written <laughs> for that one yet. But just, you know, I hope it doesn't go that direction. I hope that if, if, that's, the, if that's the story that Karen Marie Moaning is wanting to tell, I hope that she can find a way, a more satisfying way to do it. So that it really feels like it was necessary yeah. to the story. Um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Ooh, yeah, I'm scared. Now we're that we're, now we're getting down there, we, yeah, we only have a, a couple more books to read, a few more yeah. books. Um, and I do remember the next book. It came back to me while we were talking. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I only remember one thing very clearly that happened. It's probably so what I remembered. Probably. <laughs> um, but I don't really remember. Of course, now that I know that this, the Shisa Do has Mac again, I do kind of remember a couple other things. Um, but there's really only one thing. <gasps> oh my God. I totally forgot something that I just remembered. Yep. <laughs> okay. Maybe that's the thing I remember. Anyways, we'll talk about it next time. Yeah, um, we will. Yeah. So we've got book nine up next, Fever Song. Um, so we will see you guys next time uh, for that. Uh, Yay! In the meantime, happy reading. Bye, everybody. Bye.